looking forward to a great day, a day which God has given to us, and we're just excited about what he's going to do uh, in your life uh, to bring about changes, uh, to conform you uh, to the image of his dear son. So let me have a, make a couple of announcements this morning. Pastor Tony and uh, Sarah are down in D.C. Uh, they went down on Friday to spend just the weekend. Uh, Sarah's never saw the monuments and museums and those type of things, I think, and, and so they uh, had a good day yesterday. The Lord gave them a great day. They're headed back today, but they're not going to be back tonight for youth. Uh, so those of you who are in youth group tonight, please keep that in mind. Uh, there's no youth tonight. Uh, also, um, Amanda Lebo has been putting together a cookbook with many of the recipes from the ladies and maybe a couple guys from the church. And um, those cookbooks are going to be ready soon, but we need to know if you want one. So if you want one of those cookbooks, there's a sign-up sheet over in the fellowship hall. Please sign up today. I think next week is going to be the final day to sign up. So um, please sign up today or next week uh, so that we can have a copy ready for you. There's a banquet this Friday night, Friends in Action Banquet down in Harrisburg. And we still have two tickets left. Uh, so if any of you would care to go to this banquet, it's free. Uh, we're once again this year sponsoring a table. Uh, but we do need to know if you're going. So if you're going, please see Debbie Markle and we can get you one of those tickets. Flat roof repairs. As we mentioned last week, we are in the process of trying to get our flat roof repaired. Uh, part of it's over the sanctuary uh, by the skylights, and it's out in the new foyer and runs all the way back to the back of the church. And um, as you know, over the years, we've been having problems with this. We've done repairs, and we've actually replaced the rubber roof already. Um, but now we need to do some more repairs. And um, we have a construction group. It's the same group that put on the shingles above you. And um, it's the Likens Valley Construction Group uh, from up in Millersburg. And so we've asked them to uh, give us a proposal, which they did. The proposal is $13,480. So next week, what we're asking you members to do is vote your approval so we can move forward in having this uh, flat roof fixed. Uh, there is, I think, a 12-year guarantee which is a good thing, uh, and uh, we're just thankful for that. So uh, next week, over in the fellowship hall, you'll see the ballot box. Uh, the uh, ballots will be in your bulletins, and we would ask that you fill those out, say yay or nay. Please say yay. Uh, please say yay. We're really, I mean, this is something that needs to be done. Uh, we just can't go any longer allowing, uh, you know, water to creep through uh, the uh, tiles on the ceiling. Uh, not only that, but um, you know, there, someone mentioned the actual structural damage uh, that's taking place between the ceiling tiles and the roof itself. Uh, we don't want anything like that to happen to, you know, that could lead us into major, major problems. So uh, please give us the approval to be able to spend uh, this money. Uh, the policy states that uh, we do need your approval, so next week please vote uh, to have these repairs uh, fixed. The only other thing I have is uh, the shoe boxes, and Kim is going to come and say something about those. And when she's finished, uh, the praise team is going to come and lead us in some music. Thanks, Pastor Bob. I just wanted to, I know it's in the bulletin about returning shoe boxes. A hundred shoe boxes left. Praise the Lord, there were 100 gone this year. And there were some people that I even said, oh, I didn't take a shoebox. And I said, well, you could just use a regular standard size shoebox. So we need 100 shoeboxes to come back. So we have two Sundays, um, Sunday the 13th. That whole week is a collection week up at Grace, wherever Millersburg is. Grace United Methodist Church is our local um, collection area. So we will get the boxes there. But so anyways, just... Praise the Lord, 100 boxes have gone out, so we're just praying that, you know, they all get returned in, in two weeks. So, thank you.
right, let's all stand up and uh, sing some praises to our Lord here. We're going to, uh, to start with one that I know all of you like. It's called, I Saw the Light.
This song is about Jesus, only Jesus. He alone has the power to raise the dead. He alone can save us from our sin. Let's sing today, Jesus, only Jesus. Who has the power to raise the dead? Who can save? standing, turn around and welcome somebody to our service today.
mistakes and often slip just common flesh and bone but I'll prove someday just what I say I'm of a special kind when he was on the Steve, for that reminder. Uh, a couple of things we need to pray for this morning. Um, Jean Weaver, uh, she had successful hip surgery uh, this past week and is at home recovering, so uh, please keep uh, Jean in your prayers. And I just learned this morning uh, that Dave Rode is having hip uh, problems and is going to be having hip surgery on November the 30th. So please keep that date in prayer. Uh, he's at home now and in uh, a lot of pain uh, because of his hips. So pray for Dave and pray for this upcoming surgery on the 30th. Also, uh, Trish Hamaker, uh, she comes and helps with Awana. Uh, she's the sister of uh, Mike Lebo. Um, she was in a car accident yesterday. Uh, her husband was actually driving, and she, um, I hope I'm accurate with this, uh, has a broken femur, ankle, and foot, uh, all in one leg. So she's at the Hershey Med Center right now, and I believe she's probably in surgery now as we speak. Um, so please pray for Trish. Um, this is going to be a long uh, recovery, I'm sure, uh, for her. Also, Fred Anderson, um, he writes a note uh, to you, dear church family. I would like to thank those who called to check on how I was doing, uh, the cards I received, and especially the prayers for my re uh, recovery during my knee replacement surgery. The surgery on my knee went fine, but I had problems with the pain medication and was sick for about six weeks. Um, I have completed therapy this past Friday, and I'm now released. Praise the Lord. Thank you for all. Thank you all very much, Fred Anderson. So keep Fred in prayer. 
as uh, he continues uh, to recover. Father, we come before your throne this morning. We thank you that uh, we can do just that, uh, that it is a throne that is a throne in which we find grace to help in times of need. Father, we thank you for the reminder of Steve and this song that, Father, you thought about us when you died on the old rugged cross. Lord, you knew us. You knew all about us, even before, Lord, we were born. We thank you, Father, that your son, Jesus, gave his life for all of mankind, that, Father, his blood is enough to cover the sins of the world. And so we thank you this morning that we have been covered with that blood and our sins, Lord, have been uh, cast into the deep sea. They've been removed as far as the east is from the west. And, Father, we thank you for the salvation uh, that has been provided for us and your great love in providing that. Lord, I pray this morning, if there is one uh, who has never uh, moved from darkness to light, they put, never put their faith and trust fully and completely in Jesus, that this might be that day in which, Lord, their lives are changed when old things are passed away and all things become new. Father, we do think of many in the church who are going through difficult times right now, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. Uh, Lord, a church of this size has a lot of problems. Uh, Lord, we certainly know that uh, we, uh, although wonderfully made, uh, Father, these bodies, they, uh, they wear out. Uh, we become tired and weary. And Father, we experience a lot of things that, Father, we wouldn't choose, but Father, it's, it's where we find ourselves. I thank you, Lord, for answers to prayer. We certainly thank you for um, touching Fred's body and helping him to get through uh, therapy now. We think of Jean Weaver uh, with this hip surgery. Know that at home, Lord, she'll be uh, going through therapy as well. We pray that it goes well and that she can be disciplined enough to work hard. Father, we also think of uh, Dave as he's now at home with this pain because of his hip. Uh, we pray that, uh, Father, on the 30th of November that all would go well as they replace this hip. And, Father, he would uh, be given full strength and be able to uh, walk without the walker and, and just um, give him, Father, uh, the discipline, too, to be able to work through the therapy and all the hard work that it takes to, 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 to get back to uh, where you need to be. <coughs> Father, we pray, pray for Trish this morning as well. And Father, saddened, saddened to hear that she was in this accident. Uh, Father, we pray for the surgery even now. We pray for the hand of the doctors that, Father, are moving to correct uh, all of these broken bones. Uh, we pray that, Father, the surgery will go well and and, Father, you would restore her to, to good strength very quickly. Again, Father, we are thankful for the time you've given us this morning. What a great time it is. And Father, we certainly want to bring before you our country. <coughs> Father, we cannot turn on the news or look at the paper uh, without seeing all that's taking place as we are fast approaching uh, the elections next week. Uh, Father, we pray that your hand, Lord, might be in all of this. Father, we speak often of your providence. We know that you are sovereign. We know that your ways, Lord, are not our ways. And Father, we just trust you to do what is right. We commit, Lord, this country to you. We commit it into your hands and ask that, Lord, you might do those things that are necessary. Again, Father, <coughs> we certainly thank you that you are our God, 
that we can call upon you in times such as these, knowing that you, Lord, are going to come through. We don't know what all that means, but we do know, Lord, that nothing can thwart the purposes and the plans of Almighty God. And so we rest in you. Our hope, Lord, is in you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One final hymn before the message, I'm pressing on the upward way. Hymn number 355. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we sing this hymn, and then those in junior church can be dismissed. 355. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I onward bound, Lord plant my feet on higher ground, Lord lift me up and let me stand, by faith on heaven's able land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fear dismay. Though some may dwell where these abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on Well, are you watching the World Series? Some of you probably are. You know, I, 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 I'm not a big baseball fan, but, you know, when it comes this time of the year, um, I'm very interested in it, and even more so this year uh, since we were just in Chicago about a month ago. I can remember getting off the train as we, we came into, into uh, Chicago, and um, there in this mini mall there was a, a statue of a Cubs baseball cap. And uh, everybody, you know, was taking their pictures with this cap. Now, this was a month ago, but they were doing so awfully well, and now here they are in the World Series. Unfortunately, unless you're an Indians fan, uh, they're down three to one. But, um, you know, any team, whether it be the Cubs or the, or the uh, Indians or whether it be football or uh, basketball or the Olympics, Everyone has their eye on the trophy, or the pennant, or the gold medal. They start the year with their eye on that prize. Now the Bible says that you and I, we're in a race. Paul describes the Christian life as a race. And we are running toward the finish line. We're not there yet. But we are to have our eye on the prize. We are to be looking ahead and pressing 
and straining forward. Not looking back, but looking ahead. What Paul, the Apostle Paul does in Philippians chapter 3, he uses the Greek games to help us understand how we are to keep our eye on that prize. How we, as Christians, are to be looking forward at the trophy, at the finish line. That day, when we hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Paul says, don't look back, but look ahead. The Christian is to look forward and not behind. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to, with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, and I want to focus on just three verses, 12, 13, and 14. Philippians chapter 3, look at verse 12. Paul says this, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which, for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Keep your eye on the prize. Press on. Don't look back. Don't look behind, but keep moving forward. Now, point number one. As you keep your eye on that prize, the plan is progress and not perfection. As you keep your eye on that prize, the plan is progress and not perfection. Paul says in verse 12, not that I've already obtained all this. And he says also in verse 13, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I haven't gotten that prize yet. I haven't crossed the finish line yet. I am not perfect yet. But my goal is not to be perfect. I will never be perfect in this life. My goal is progress. My goal is pressing toward the mark. My goal is pressing toward the prize of perfection, of glorification. I've made progress. I'm just not perfect. I'm still in a race, Paul says. I just haven't quite crossed that finish line. I'm pressing on, but the prize is still ahead. Now, it's this attitude of Paul's that we all need to have. It's the attitude that I'm not what I need to be, but boy, am I working and pressing on. I'm not all that God wants me to be, but I'm trying my best. I'm not going to look back. I'm going to press and move forward. Now, Paul, at this point, he's an older man. Paul is in prison as he writes this little letter. Paul is a spiritually mature man. And yet, he believes that Christ isn't finished with him yet. He has not yet attained that perfect spiritual maturity state. I'm not there yet. I strive for that. But my plan is progress. If I could just every day, every week, just move forward a little bit. I'm pressing on. I'm straining. Paul says, I'm not going into retirement. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to give it all that I have. I'm not going to stop until I hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. For Paul, progress is the goal. 
So when you look at your spiritual journey, can you look back about a year and say, today I am more like Jesus than I was back then? See, you're not going to be perfect, but you need to be making progress. If you're not moving forward, you're probably moving backwards. And Paul's goal is to press on. Paul's goal is to strain. He's not going to quit. You know, sometimes when we get a little bit older, and maybe you'll never, you won't admit that you're, you're perfect and you're not, you know that, but sometimes we feel that there's not a whole lot more than, I can, than, than I, what I can achieve. I've been serving Christ all of these years, and no, I'm not perfect, but boy, I, I am getting close. Are you? <laughs> you know, Paul says, I haven't arrived yet. I hope you don't think to yourself as you get older, there's really not much more that Christ can do with in my life. Paul says there's a whole lot more that Jesus wants to do with him. He's not quitting the race. He's not going to throw in the towel and say, I, you know, I've done my share now. Paul, he's in prison. And he's still leading the palace guard to a saving knowledge of his Savior. Paul's not going to quit. Paul uses words like pressing on. I'm straining. See, that should be our thinking. Not slowing down, but straining toward the prize and straining toward the mark. So as you keep your eye on the prize, you're not going to be perfect, but your goal, your plan ought to be progress. Am I moving to become more like Jesus? The second thing I see in these verses is that as we keep our eye on the prize, the past is over. So forget it. The past is over. So forget it. Look at verse 13. Paul says, this one thing I do, I forget what is behind. Now remember the picture of the runner. Remember the picture of the athlete in these Grecian games. And this runner, he, he runs right past all his competitors. And he's straining. And he's pressing toward that mark. He's not looking back. If he was to look back, it would slow him down. If he was to look back, it might change his direction. If he was to look back, he may never finish the race or lose the race. A runner's not looking back. A runner is looking at the finish line. You know, it reminds me of the uh, Olympics this summer. Did you see the, 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 the runners? And some of those who, um, who is that guy who just leaves everyone in his dust? I don't even, I, it's one of those names, it's hard to, yes, what is it? Bolt. Remember Bolt. And he just left everyone behind him. You, you, you see these runners as they press and strain to the finish line. That's what Paul is saying here. I can't look back. If I look back, I'm going to lose ground. Now Saul, in his spiritual life, he doesn't want to look back. Paul had a pretty bad past. Paul had things in his past that he didn't want to remember. You know, Paul, one time, was called Saul. We were looking in Sunday school a while back. We were looking at the conversion passages in the Bible. There are four of them that describe Paul's conversion. And we said that this man who was called Saul of Tarsus, he was not a nice guy. He was a Jew, he was a Pharisee, and he hated Christians. He was a man who 
persecuted the followers of Christ. Saul of Tarsus was a man who actually killed Christians. It was on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians when Christ got a hold of his life and changed him. And he became himself a Christian. But before he was a Christian, he had a horrible past. Paul didn't want to look back at all that he had behind him. He was moving forward. You know, there's a passage in Psalm 51. And I want to read this to you. And the context is this. Uh, king David was the second king in Israel. David was a good king, not a perfect king. And David had his faults. And one day, David, he looked out over his, the rooftop, and he saw a woman by the name of Bathsheba. And he had committed adultery with her. He confessed his sin, and that confession we find in Psalm 51. David says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Now listen to verse 3. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. My sin, even though he confessed it, he said, my sin is always before me. I believe that this sin with Bathsheba haunted him all the way through his life. It was hard for David, even though he knew that God forgave him, but he could get it out of his mind. What Paul is saying to us this morning is maybe there's something in your past. Maybe there's something back there. But God forgave you. Paul is saying, forget it. If God has forgiven you of your past, you need to forgive yourself and leave it back there. Because sometimes Christians find it awfully hard to move forward as they dwell on an evil past. God says, I have forgiven you. If God has forgiven you, don't bring it up. Paul says, I'm moving forward. I'm straining. I'm pressing. And Paul knows that behind him there is some bad things that he has done. But he says, you know what? I'm not dwelling on the past. I can't look back. Because if I look back to all the things I've done, all those people I have slain and persecuted and killed, it would be hard for me to move forward. So I'm going to forget the past. I'm not going to allow the past to trip me up or to drag me down. And if you have things in your past that pull you down, remember God said, I forgive you. We sometimes, we just need to forgive ourselves. In Isaiah, the great prophet in the Old Testament, he says this. He says, I remember your sins no more. That's what God is saying through Isaiah. I remember your sins no more. And then we read elsewhere in the book of Isaiah, you have put all my sins behind your back. In other words, God has forgiven. And God has put your sins behind his back. And is not going to bring them up again. Why do we bring up the past when God does not? We need to forget what God has forgiven. The past is past. Let it be in the past. All things, the Bible says, have passed away. Behold, all things now have become new. God has forgiven. Let's not bring them up again. That's what Paul is saying. This one thing I do, I'm in a race. I'm not what I should be yet. 
But you know what? I'm not going to think about what's back there. Too many horrible things in my past. I'm not going to let those drag me down from pressing on. From pressing on. The Bible says, and we looked at this in Sunday school, if I confess my sins, God is faithful and just, and he will forgive my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. If you have sins in your past that keep haunting you, bring them under the blood of Jesus and leave them back there. Because Isaiah says God has left them back there. So let's not bring them up again. What happens when we think and dwell on the negative in the past is it just drags us down as we're trying to move forward and press toward the mark. As you keep your eye on the prize, thirdly, the future holds out hope. Reach for it. Paul says, I'm looking forward, and I am straining. Look at the end of verse 13 and verse 14 once again. He says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Again, keeping in mind the runner. Thinking of the runner, the sprinter, that's just about ready to cross the tape. Just about ready to cross the finish line. And I can recall one of the runners in the Olympics this summer. And just before they reached that tape, they lean forward. They stretch. It's almost as though they're unbalanced. It almost looks like they're going to fall over. But they are so determined to hit that tape and win that race. When I read these words... At the end of verse 13 and 14, I have that picture in mind that Paul, even in his older age, he is stretching, he is leaning, he is reaching with everything that is in him to cross that finish line. We still haven't mentioned the prize. What is the prize that we're to keep our eye on? We said that we're supposed to progress and we're supposed to keep our eye on the prize as we progress. We said as we keep our eye on that prize, we're supposed to forget you know, the old things in the past. But what is the prize that Paul keeps talking about? What is in his mind when he so eagerly is pressing toward and straining toward what is ahead? I see in chapter 3 two prizes, two things that I believe Paul has in mind. And the first thing I find in verse 8, and that is the prize of knowing Christ. The prize to know Christ in this life. In verse 8, Paul says this. He says, what is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain, the word is to win, like to win a prize, that I might win, that I might gain Christ and be found in Him. Paul had a past he was a Jewish Pharisee. And if anyone could boast about being a Jew, it certainly was Paul. It says that he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Paul had a lot to boast about as a Jew. He kept the law. But then on that Damascus road, he found Christ. I should say Christ found him. And things changed. All of a sudden, everything that Paul valued and treasured in the past, all the things that he thought were very important to him, are not very important anymore. 
all the things that he saw back then and lived for, now it's all changed. Now it's not about those things. It's all about knowing Jesus. And he says that I can't even compare. I can't even compare these things in the past to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ today. We're not even looking at apples and apples. Now, having become a Christian, my goal, my prize is knowing Jesus. Some of you men, shortly you will be headed out into the woods. Maybe hunting season already started. I heard shooting yesterday. Um, I'm not sure about the hunting season, but um, some of you will be going out into the woods and you'll be carrying your rifles and uh, you'll be looking for that, that trophy buck. Now let's suppose, <laughs> as you're standing by the tree, frozen, cold, it's not always going to be 70 degrees like it's going to be today, and there you are shivering, Never could figure that out, why anyone would want to stand at a tree. My dad loved hunting, and I would go with him only because it was him. And he would say, now you stand here at this tree, and I'm going over at that tree, and I would stand there shivering all day long, not knowing why I'm here. Never shot a deer in my life. I don't think my dad did. I think he just enjoyed being in the woods. But let's suppose you're standing by the tree and after you are alarmed by a few of the squirrels that are scratching in the leaves only to find that it is a squirrel and not a deer, lo and behold, coming over the ridge is a deer like you've never seen before. A six-point buck that would go on your wall. And you lift your rifle and you're just about ready. And out the corner of your one eye, you see another buck walking straight towards you, 10 points, much bigger, a beautiful deer. And all of a sudden, this deer looks like nothing compared to this one. Now that's what Paul is saying here. All those things that he focused on at one time, all those things that he loved as a Jew, all of a sudden, they're garbage compared with the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. And one of the prizes I believe Paul speaks of is the prize of a relationship with Christ and a lifetime of just getting to know him. Paul says it doesn't get any better than that. Paul's life was all about Jesus. This is his prize in this life. Getting to know his Savior. The one who saved him on the road to Damascus. So to know Christ right now in this life, this was the prize. But it gets better. Because Paul speaks of another prize. That's not in this life. A prize that is yet future. Look at the end of verse 21. He says, Who by the power that enables him to bring everything under control, now listen, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. The King James uses the word vile. V-I-L-E to describe these bodies that we're living in right now. The NIV says these bodies are lowly bodies, vile bodies, bodies that are weak, bodies that are decaying, bodies that are sickly, bodies that are dying. And Paul says there's a day coming when this body of mine, worn out from persecution, worn out from the beatings and the whippings and the imprisonment. All of this, this body that I live in now, 
is someday going to be transformed so that I will have a body like Jesus. A glorious body. And in verse 20, it speaks about our citizenship, which is already in heaven. That's right now. See, the Bible says that we already are citizens of heaven. That this earth is not our home. We are called sojourners, or pilgrims, or aliens. And we're moving through this life, but this is just temporary. There is a day coming when we will be taken up to be with Jesus in heaven. And I believe, according to 1 John chapter 1, and verse, 1 John 3, 2 says this, When we see him, we will be like him. Him. I am of the opinion, <coughs> excuse me, that when we're caught up, whether that be in the rapture or whether it be the dead in Christ who will rise first, that when, when we see Jesus, it's that moment that we become like Him. The Bible says it's going to be in a moment, in that twinkling of an eye, that we will be changed. And I believe when we look into the eyes of Jesus, that it's that moment, it's that twinkling of an eye, when we are changed to be like him. You see, the Bible says that we will be transformed. The Bible says we're not going to live forever in these bodies. These are vile. These are sickly and deadly. But someday, we're going to be transformed into a body like that of Jesus. And that's when we will be with him forever and be like him paul says that's the grand prize the grand prize is still future that's the prize in which we look forward to we look forward to that day when jesus comes back and takes us to be with himself you know i said earlier on that paul's book of philippians is all about joy if anything brings joy to someone's life. It's knowing that we have a blessed hope. The Bible says in the book of Titus, we're looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, Paul here is promising a new, a changed a restructured, a redesigned body. We cannot live with Jesus forever in these bodies. Thank goodness. Thank goodness someday these old, vile bodies are going to be changed and become like Christ's. There's another verse I mentioned this morning. You know, we spoke earlier about those in the church who are suffering and we prayed for some. For those of you who are going through some suffering right now, listen to these words in Romans chapter 8. Paul says this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will someday be revealed in us. Paul can't compare his past life with his new life. Neither, says he's, neither he says, I can't compare today my sufferings with the glory that someday will be mine. So Paul says, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. Press on. We're never going to be perfect. But we need to be making progress. But we only make progress if we stop looking at the bad things we've done in the past. Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. God has put your sins behind him. Put your sins behind yourself. And now press on. Press on and strain toward the prize. The great and grand prize that someday... We look into the eyes of Jesus, and we become like him. Father, I thank you this morning for your words of hope.
your words of joy. Father, to think that someday, and we don't know, Lord, when that day will be, but we know that there's a day in your plans, according to your purposes, when all things, Lord, will be changed. When, Father, the old really will be put in the past and the new will come. Father, until that day, we certainly pray that we would be making progress. Lord, do forgive us of a past that we might have that, that Father, it's just not, we're ashamed of what's back there. But we confess these things to you, Lord, and ask that you might cleanse us and forgive us. Now help us, Lord, to move forward. And as we are, Lord, help us to keep our eye on that prize, that grand prize, that great prize, that someday we're going to be with your son and be like him. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. into playing piano for this song so <laughs> all right here we go some glad morning when this life is over i'll fly away to a appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to keep our eye on that prize. But Lord, it's not always going to be as it is today. Things are going to get better. You're a great and wonderful God, and we thank you that you have revealed to us our wonderful future, being with Jesus himself. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <laughs> 